0: Share with you something just to get the year started. Someone needs you. Someone needs you. I'm gonna share with you something today to challenge you to think about this year, what you're gonna do this year. Someone needs you. Someone there's someone out there needs you. Did you realize that? Let me ask you this. How many people felt last year was a great success? You had a great success last year. Okay, all right, that's good. Okay, well, how do you measure success? See, everyone's got different ideas on how you measure success. See, some people say, well, a success, I got a car, you know, or some success, I got a big house, success, I got a lot of money, success, I got a position, success, people notice me, success, everyone says I'm a success, I must be. Facts like that, who can deny, you know? See, so how do you define success? Well, you can't define it along those lines at all. There's a story in the Bible of a man and the Bible tells us that he accumulated tremendous wealth, had a lot of wealth, and in fact, so much how he knew what to do with it all. And the Bible said that he wasn't success. If you don't look at him, he looked a success. He looked at success. He looked at success. Depends what you measure by, you say? But actually God said that man's a fool. And, and why was he called a fool? Why did God speak to him and say, Well, that man's a fool? He said very simply, because he had invested all his lives and his life in things which God had never called him to do. When he got to the end of his life, he had a lot of money, but he had nothing in his relationship with God. There was nothing eternal done with his life. So we would look around and say, the man was tremendously successful. And I was, where was I now? Now I was in, it was in Taiwan. And uh, we were in Taiwan and I said, this, we saw this thing, i had never seen one before. And I thought, what is that? I have never seen anything like that before. And it was, it was a funeral. as the most unusual funeral I had ever, ever seen. Like, I don't want really to see any funeral. I see a black car out there and there's some people standing all around and stuff like that. This wasn't anything like that. This man was obviously very important. So I made some inquiries, who is he? Because when we looked there... They had floats going down the street with people making lots of noise and banging cymbals and clackers and all kinds of things. They had young people walking on the streets playing instruments and making a lot of noise. And did they have cars? There were, I counted, 15 black Lincoln Continentals. And I counted between 30 and 40 Mercedes Benz. Now we're lucky if we see one of either of those. But they had between them, I counted there were over 50 vehicles and they were not just ordinary vehicles, they were all these expensive vehicles. I thought, whoa, someone's making a statement here. I'm important, I'm a success. But actually he wasn't a success. He was the leader of one of the uh, triad underworld gangs. He died prematurely. He'd gained a lot of money by crime. And though he looked a success on the outside, he definitely wasn't success. In fact, as I inquired, I found out, oh, well, you pay for all of that. You just rent them. And you can rent as many as you can afford to pay for. Depending on how successful you are. You can really go out and star. Well, this was a funeral in style. This was a Chicago-style funeral. Had all of these black Mercedes Benz and all of these Lincoln Continentals and people walking down the streets waving stuff. Tomorrow they forgot about him. See, he may have looked a success, but he wasn't. So how can you define success? The only way you can define success, see, is if you discover God's plan for your life and you work that out. You see, you know, success in different stages of life is measured a whole lot of different ways. You know, for young kids, you know, success is being able to feed yourself. When you're an old person, success is being able to feed yourself too. But you know, in between, it changes a little bit, you know. But, but see, success is measured in all kinds of ways. Well, the only way you can define success in a way that's significant for your life is this. Success for me is not doing what you want me to do. It's not whether you think I'm a success. It's not what your opinion is. Success is whether I actually found God's purpose for my life and began to accomplish it the way he wanted it done. You see now, were you a success last year? Ah, now it's a bit different, isn't it? Eh? And what's more important is, will you be successful this year? And successful for some of you may be that you accomplish and get some exams passed. Success may be you get a job. Success may be you do some training. Success may be uh, you, make sure you get that house you were looking for. That may be measures of success. But the bottom line for success from an eternal point of view, say, from an eternal point of view, is did you discover? why god put you in the earth and what he wanted you to do this year and that's success the world may not even know you're around but you can be successful the world may not even see anything you do but you can be successful you can actually live your life out full of success if you understand what it is and have the courage to walk it out Let me just share some things tonight i going to help you And I want to just anchor you into a few things so we get to start this year Everyone wants to be successful eh? So let me just have a look I want to open Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 I want to share with you First of all three things God wants you to know And three things God wants you to do Three things he wants you I'm sure he wants you to know heaps of things But here's three things he does want you to know I reckon these are real important things So here we go. We'll just get into these. Ephesians chapter 2. I love this verse. It's a fantastic verse. Okay, how many know this verse by heart already? Some do? Okay, here's some things that God wants you to know. I want to share with you three things that God wants you to know. Number one. Number one. Get Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Number one, that God planned you. You do need to know God planned you. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not something that's just sort of arrived in the world. Your parents may not have expected you, may not even have wanted you, but that doesn't matter. God planned you. God thought about you. Ephesians two and verse ten it says, "Now we are His workmanship, created in Jesus Christ, under good works, which God prepared beforehand we would walk in them." In other words, long before this world came into being, you were in the heart of God. God was thinking about you. He thought that in the year uh, the twenty-first century, once that's all worked out, when that's going to happen, that there would be in this city, in this region, someone with your name. He planned. For you to be here. He planned for you to be born in this place. He planned for you to arrive. It was in his sight. You need to know you were planned by God. You were planned with a purpose in mind. As I was showing this morning. You know when someone is manufacturing something. They always start with a purpose in mind. I want to accomplish this. So you want to get from one place to another? You've got to figure out how to do it. You design something because you have a purpose in mind. I want to travel from one place to another real easy. So I'll design a car. Remember, the car comes into being because there's first of all a purpose for it. And if the car doesn't run anymore and doesn't get you from A to B, it doesn't have any reason to exist. Think about that. See, we, we're so obvious of that when we look at things that are created. You have a look at, a, at a, an electric jug. The electric jug has got a purpose. It's there to boil water. Now, which came first, the jug or the purpose? The purpose. God had a purpose for the jug. So, the so man manufactures a purpose. He thinks, I want to boil water. I don't want to light fires. So, 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 I want to do it easier. So, he designed something to do the job. Now, listen, that jug is only useful while it fulfills its purpose. In other words... The manufacturer has a purpose it's designed for. Then he creates and designs it exactly to meet the purpose. So when you look at an electric jug, it's exactly designed to do one thing and one thing only, boil water. Very simple. Now, before you arrived in the world, you just weren't an accident that arrived. You weren't just something that suddenly turned up. God actually designed you. You're called his workmanship. He put you together carefully, particularly designed your giftings he designed your dna he knew what family you would come from he knew what your background would be he knew what giftings you'd have in you he knew what passions would be in you what would light your fire and get you switched on and get you yeah oh i love that He put it inside you. He put desires inside you. There's some things inside you which you are longing to do. But most of you are afraid to dream about the great things that are in your heart that God put there. And he put them there because he designed you to do something great and significant with your life. And we will never be satisfied unless we do the things which are significant eternally. Can't we never be satisfied? You buy yourself a new car, great. You're happy for a month, two months, a year. Next year, it's old model. Three years down the line, it's got dents. Five years, it's needing maintenance and repairs. And now it's old, and it's no longer satisfying. So I need something else. And the world and most of your friends are running around looking for something else to make them feel good. But the one thing that will give fulfillment is if you discover what God put in you, and you begin to pursue it with a total diligence. Now that is what will light you up. That's what will make you stand out. That's why uh, you'll, you'll live a different life. Because something in you fired you up. I'm anchored. God put something in me to accomplish with my life. So you need to understand that. Now you say, well, I'm not gifted like you, or I'm not gifted like that guy over there. I can't do that. Listen, don't compare yourself. In 2 Corinthians 12, it says, if we compare ourselves one with another then we are foolish because how can you compare this one with that one when God designed them to do different things? How can you compare an electric jug with a toaster and then start to find fault with the the jug? You look at the jug, well, it won't cook toast. Of course not. It wasn't designed for that. The toaster was designed for that. The jug was designed to do something else. So don't try and make it do what it's not called to do. You understand that? If you can understand that with your life and realize you are quite unique. See, so God has formed you. God has purposed you. God's created you. What a great thing. We're his workmanship. See, so God has planned you. You are unique. You're not like anyone else. You are completely different. You have different experiences you come from. You have a different background to anyone else. You have different things in your life that nobody even knows about that you can draw on and a part of what God can work through you. You know people I don't ever know. You, you have experiences in your life that form a well of life to draw out of that I don't have. You're unique. There's no one like you. Absolutely no one like you. So why would you want to copy someone? Why would you want to dress like everyone else? Why do you want to follow the crowd? Why do you want to be like someone else? Why do you want to be like someone else? Listen, you have a look at the movie Stars and all of these, uh, these people that have got so much fame, and their lives are a mess because what they've got cannot satisfy. What they need, I've got. And you've got. Except the problem is they just don't know it yet. See, they don't know it. See? So we have to understand then we are unique. God planned us to be unique. He's planned you to be unique. So look at the person next to you. Have a good look at it. Just look at them for a moment and observe how different they are to you. Now, God made them different. I don't see any two people the same here. I look over here. There's no one like Benjamin. I ain't seen anyone. There's anyone who could jump about about. about Like Benjamin would be Rodney, you know, I see Rodney, I see a bit of Benjamin there, but Rodney was here first, you see, and then Benjamin does it without Rodney here, so it's in him anyway, see, so have a look, you're not like Anna, you know, you'll never be like Anna, she's got some things you can draw from, but you're going to be you, but you've got to be you, because there's only one of you, and when God designed you, he designed you for something to accomplish, so number one, you need to go, God planned you to be unique, Value your uniqueness. Don't try and copy anyone else. See, everyone tries to push you in a bowl, make you like someone else. Don't be like someone else. Be yourself. You have to be yourself. Okay, here's the second thing. God, God designed you. Second thing you need to really know. God wants you to know it. He loves and values you. He loves and values you. He loves and values you. You are loved. You are valued. You're loved and you're valued. In Jeremiah 29, it tells I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of uh, good, not evil. I might give you a future and a hope. So God has got plans for us. Why does he have plans for us? Because he loves us. We're of value. You are of immense value. Now, the moment you look to the world to give you value, you're done. You're toast. You really are. Because the world doesn't give value. It takes it away. See, God wants you to have value out of it, knowing who you are in Him. You're valuable because God made you unique and because He paid such a great price for you. That's what makes you valuable. You're valuable because of the price tag on your life. You're valuable because there's no one like you. You're valuable because God created you for something unique. You are valuable. You are loved by God. Don't let anyone tell you you have no value. The devil... Doesn't want you to feel that value. The devil wants you to feel you're no good. You can't do anything. You're useless. You're a failure. You're damaged. You're broken. You're a mess. That's all the message he's got for you. But God's got another message. I love you. I love you. You're a value. I send my son towards you to help you. I've sent people. I've had people praying for you. I've invested in you. I've reached out to you. I've got plans for you. You are valuable. You need to know that and meditate. Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. My failures? Not my failures. No failures. My lacks? No, not my lacks. The struggles? No, not the struggles. Demons? No, not demons. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God and Christ. He loves you. You're valuable. But you need to know it. Otherwise, if you don't know that you're loved and unique, one, you'll try and copy other people, and you'll never, any, you'll never be any good at it. Because you can't be them. You can't be. You can't be. You weren't designed to be. And the second thing is, you'll try and get your value out of relationships. A lot of young people are searching for relationships to meet a vacuum of value in their life that can only be met by God. We need to know we're loved. And if you find that out, as you receive Jesus Christ, as you begin to be intimate with him, and as you walk with him, you begin to learn, he loves me. I'm a value. You know what he tells you? He tells you he loves you. He tells you you're a value to him. You're important to him. He's thinking of you. You know, the Bible says, when you wake up, he's thinking about you. When you go to bed, he's thinking about you. You think about things that are important to you. Isn't that right? think about things that are important to you god thinks about you all the time therefore you are important to him so you need to meditate in the scriptures that make that make it clear that you are of value to god not because you've done anything yet he loves you because you're you he's made you as an eternal creature made you someone who's a spirit being in his own image. he made you for a friendship with him so he loves you and he wants your friendship he wants your friendship. Listen to me, you cannot find what you're really looking for anywhere in the world. It's just not to be found there. It's not to be found there. Ask any of the people who've been around a few years, they'll tell you. Trouble is, young people don't want to know what older people have found out by experience. <laughs> hey, what would you know? Hey, what, what, what? you know? We know it all. No, 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 you don't know it all. You don't have to learn it the hard way. You can learn from experience. Start to focus your life around God, and you'll be surprised just how it becomes a problem. here's problem. Here's so the first thing is, he wants you to know. is He, he plans you. You're unique. Second, that he loves you. Here's the third thing he wants you to know. you Someone needs you. Now, a lot of people, I don't feel needed. Of course you don't feel needed. You're waiting for someone to tell you, I need you. They're not going to say that. See? But someone actually does need you. Why do you why, how do I know that someone needs you? How is how I know? is one, because you're valuable. Two, because God's planned you to meet some needs for some. Isn't it said Ephesians 2.10? He's created you in Christ Jesus under good works. He's got work for you to do. We don't want you to go digging the roads. Well, that may be part of it, but actually what God is interested in is people. Huh? People. He's interested in people. Therefore, there are people who need you. They need what you have. There are people that God has prepared for you to go to them and speak to them because they need you. Come on. Somebody needs you. So I, now, I can see you're struggling with that one. But there are people who need you. Now, come on, you look through the Bible. You find everywhere. See, the world needed a Savior. See, the world needed Jesus. Needs a savior. Doesn't recognize they need him, but they need him all the same. So he came in. Do you think he worried about whether they recognized him or not? He said he came to his own, his own didn't recognize him, didn't receive him, didn't make him welcome. So it's a normal part of living in life that people don't always see that they need you, but they still need you. So there is someone that needs you. There's someone, you are the answer to the problem they have. There's someone in this city that needs what you have. And I can't give it to them because you're called to give it to them. And if you won't embrace that call, that person will go without that need met unless God raises up someone else to, re- to replace you because you wouldn't do it. Someone, there's someone needs you. When God adds people to a church, it's because you're needed. You're needed. There's some people and they need you. The church needs what giftings you have we to understand that. We've got to find ways to make that happen. Listen, Israel needed Moses. Do you think they knew they needed him? No, they didn't know they needed him. They rejected him. But they needed a deliverer, and God was getting someone ready for it. And when Moses turned up, he said, here I am. I'm just the one you need. And they said, get out of here. But they needed him, and in the end, he delivered them. The Pharaoh needed Joseph. Why? He had a famine coming, and he needed someone to give him wisdom what to do in the coming days. And God had such a man already. Before time began, God dreamed up Joseph, put something in his heart, put a gift in his life, and God was getting Joseph already. Pharaoh didn't know it, but he needed needed Joseph. Israel needed Esther. Esther was an orphaned girl. Esther ended up being a concubine, which means that she became one of many wives to a king. One of many. One of many. Imagine what that felt like in a foreign land. But the king needed her, and Israel needed her. Israel needed her because she was the key to them being delivered. There was a man who was a leper. His name was called Naaman. Naaman needed a little girl. You think, why? what's this soldier, military chief, commander for a nation? Need a little girl. Why did he need a little girl? Because he had leprosy. He had a problem he couldn't solve. And she knew where to get the answer. See, I don't hear much, much about the little girl, but she was the answer to his problem. He needed her. He didn't know that he needed her until he got leprosy. When he first saw her, he didn't even recognize her. When he first saw her, she's just a foreign girl from a foreign land that's now working as a slave in the house. He didn't even recognize her until he got leprosy, and she had the answer where to go. She knew exactly what would supply his need. And she told him, and as a result of what she did, he got healed. Hey? Now, there's someone out there needs you too. There's someone there needs you. And I, I started to think about people in the Bible. I thought, man, there's heaps of them. Adam, now, here's the, now think about this Adam had everything gone for him lived in a perfect environment had God as his friend God would come and manifest his presence physically with him and talk with him and walk with him in the garden and yet Adam had a need and you know what the need was? He needed a woman when Eve came along she was the answer to his need he needed her come on start to think about it. now all through the Bible it's like that God creates people for a purpose he raised up Moses for a purpose he raised up Paul for a purpose. Now, it didn't look like a good purpose. Here he is killing all the Christians, murdering them all. It didn't look too good. But he raised them up, nevertheless, for a purpose. And we now value what Paul's done. You've benefited from what Paul's done. We needed Paul. We needed him. We're the genus. We needed him. Come on, think, think, think of it all the way through. David needed Jonathan. We think of David being a great man, but David needed a Jonathan. Because when David was discouraged in a difficulty, Jonathan came along was a friend who encouraged him. You could be the Jonathan to someone great who needs encouraging. Or you could be the David. God sends someone to you and you need to recognize them and let them encourage you. See, all through the Bible, God raised up people who are an answer to a need. It's no different now. Somebody needs you and you are God's answer to them. Now, there may be a young person and they've gone through a family situation identical to what you've gone through, except you've come through, you've got over your grief, got over your anger and issues, and you found God's comfort and found God's anointing and healing in that area. You've kind of come to peace inside. That person needs you. They don't know they need you, but they need you because you've got what they need. When you go into that school next term, there's people there need what you have. Now, they may not know it, of course. That's a bit of the problem. You know, it's always a bit of a problem when you've got an answer to someone's need. They don't always know it. They won't recognize it. They don't always recognize it. But that's okay. When I came here, people didn't realize that they needed me. They said, you won't last maybe six months. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's been a long six months. One thing, you're an answer to someone. See, but people don't always recognize you. So you have to build relationships with people. And on the bridge of relationship, you are able to enter their heart and give to them what they need that you have. You have something someone needs. You have something someone needs. I wonder in this year whether you'll fulfill the purpose God raised you up and that person's needs will be met through you. Now, you're the only one who can decide that. You're the only one who can decide that. I can't decide that one for you. There's someone needs you, you have what they need. Will you make it available? Will you actually serve God this year? Someone needs you. Someone in our community has gone through abuse, and there are people here in this church who have been healed of that and have an answer for it. They need you. They need you. We had a, a lady came here And uh, she got very offended at something I said One meeting one night and she came around in a real storm the next day And she was there on a Monday And I wasn't there which was good And someone else met her And, uh, and so the, they took her into a side They took her out into the, into the creche there And sat down And the woman poured out all her anger and frustration And everything like that And, and she was in charge of, the, of a rape crisis centre But the person she was talking to Happened to have been through that very experience And come into healing She had what they needed <laughs> the lady didn't recognize when she came down to rip my head off that there was someone down here who had what she needed. And when she came into that room and sat, and, and uh, the woman that was ministering to her it was talking with her, didn't argue with her, just listened, talked with her, and then just said this, well, I wonder if you'd mind if we just prayed. And when she prayed, the power and presence of God came into the room, and the girl was so astonished, she said, what's that? What's that? She said, what's what? She said, what's that? Something came in and touched me. I felt something touched me. I feel quite different. This lady had something she needed, but she just didn't know it. All it took was a, a good, wise handling of someone who's angry, and there was an answer, was released to that person's problem. You're the answer to someone's problem. You are. You are. God designed you that way. And you'll never be happy till you find it and start to do it. Even, even before I got saved, I was the answer to people's problems without even knowing it. I credit some too, but I was the answer to some. <laughs> and there we go. See, see and, and so one of the things is it's not. See, it's the people's responsibility to recognise you're their answer. It's just your your responsibility to be there and present yourself. Okay, so we see three things. God wants you to know He's planned you. You're quite unique. Till He loves you and values you, so you don't have to look for the love and approval anywhere else. You can find it out of a relationship with Him. And thirdly, someone needs you. He's created you to help them and to bless them and to touch their needs. I I never realized, but heaps of people needed me. All over the world. Thousands. Who'd have ever known that? You've got no idea how many people need what you've got. Just got to get you to them in a way that you won't offend them so you don't even get a chance to share your message, you know. You've got to be smart how you handle people, you know. Know God, be wise people. Okay, so there's some things God wants you to know. wants you to know a unique, so don't try and be a copy. He loves you. So don't look for your love and value elsewhere. Look for it in your relationship with God. And three, he wants you to know that someone in there needs you. There's someone needs you. So it's your job to find. So now he wants some things for you to do. Let me give you the things you got to do. Some things God requires. Here we are. Number one. Number one. The things that God requires. Number one, we need to. Here's the first thing. I'll give you a simple scripture. It's found in Isaiah 64 verse 8. You are our father. We're the clay. You are the potter. See, so number one, you need to embrace who you are. Be yourself. Stop trying to be someone else. And you see, some some of you are, have undue stress because you're trying to be someone else. You cannot successfully be anyone else. Because God made you the way he made you. It's like in Isaiah it says, why should the clay say to the potter, why have you made me like this? My nose is too big, my ears stick out, I'm fat. Listen, stop complaining how God has made you. You're valuable. You're, see, here's, I, I was talking to someone a little while ago, and they're going through a real crisis, and I said, look, listen to this. You have a look at that picture up there. What is that a picture of? And, and, and the man looked at it, and he said, oh, that's a picture of a beautiful couple. I said, I'm glad you see that. And it was a picture of them just got married. Beautiful wedding picture. I said, There's one thing you didn't notice. You see, what was that? I said, You notice you didn't notice the frame. The frame is what contains the picture, what counts as the picture. Your body is just the vessel that contains the person, what counts as the person. So don't start looking around what you look like and what you may have and don't have. Start to recognize and value who you are. You've got to accept who you are and value who you are. You're loved. And and, you see, the more you spend in the presence of God and become intimate with Him, you know, the more you keep hearing how much He loves you, how valuable you are. And and because you're valuable to God, you you fall in love with Him. His presence is addictive. Then you carry something to give to others. You carry something. So number one, you've got to be yourself. Don't try and copy. There'll never be another Ian Clayton. So for goodness sake, don't try and copy. Hooray, I heard a hooray over there. I'm not going to ask who made that (laughs) hooray. See, there won't be. See, because God doesn't want there to be another one. Wants him to be unique. See, if you were to be like him, man, you'd have to come from South Africa. You'd have to have all kinds of things. You'd have had to, have, or you'd have had to go on places you never want to go. No, you can't be like him. You just be you. Accept who you are and value who you are. See, and don't strive to be something you're not. Here's the second thing that God wants you to do, apart from embracing who you are, not competing, comparing, or copying, anything like that. Here's the second thing wants you to do. I want you to prepare yourself. If you're the answer to someone's need, if there's someone in the city that God has planned for you to help them, when that time comes, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. You need to prepare yourself. It's your responsibility to prepare yourself. In this year, opportunities will come to many people, but the ones who are prepared will enter them. You've got to to understand that. You must prepare yourself. Now, preparation is something that takes place in secret. No one sees you preparing. See, most people want to jump up and run around and do something great with their life, but actually it never works that way. What happens is you do preparation and then your greatness developed in secret emerges publicly progressively. Don't wait for a great thing, develop in secret. So there's some things you need to do to develop in secret. Number one is you need to study the word of God. You need to know what God says or you've only got opinions to give people. You need to know what God says 2 Timothy 2 15 study the word of God that you might become a workman rightly dividing the word of truth and not a shame so we need to know what God has to say God has lots to say about lots of things in life many of you who are struggling with decisions you wouldn't have to struggle if you knew what the word of God said you must apply yourself this year to learn the word of God read it study it hunger for it take notes of messages Then go over them and make them your own until you've just got it. Mark your Bible. I mark my Bible. Man, my Bible's got marks everywhere. Every Bible I've ever had has got marks. It'll be a treasure for anyone to get hold of it after I go. You know, it's full of messages. It's got messages galore all the way through. I pick it up and find my way around like that in it. I've got a new one now, and I feel like I'm a duck out of water. I can't find my way around it. It's just a different version. I don't like it, but I'm sticking with it. I'll see how long I can stick with it. But I hope, well, I'm looking for God to, actually, the reason I'm doing it is because I'm wanting to break out of any old ways of thinking and just to make room for God to do something fresh. So I've got a clean Bible and everything's in a different place. So it forces me to rethink. See, sometimes you've got, to just, you've got to study the Word of God. Do you know what God has to say? If you don't, then you'll be listening to what the devil has to say, what the crowd has to say. crowd has not got much to say that's very good. See, you need to know what God says. When you know what God says and you align your life with it, your life will go straight as a die. You got understand that. Know what God has to say. Here's number one. So the second thing you need to do is keep your life clean. We're responsible to keep our life clean. Keep short accounts with God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 tells us again, if we want to be a vessel of honor that God can use, we need to keep ourselves clean. We need to keep short accounts with God. God has provided for every failure you make. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you fall down, God will lift him up again. You've got to make decisions. I keep my life clean and clear. Day by day, I keep a clear conscience before God. So if there's things you're into which are a bit dodgy, get out of them. There are books you read which are dodgy, get rid of them. Stuff you watch that's dodgy, get rid of that. Just get your life so it's straight with God, You've got to think that way. Think that way. If you've got relationships and they, 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 comp- they cause compromise, you've got to make some changes in that relationship. If you've got a relationship with someone and they're influencing you away from God, you're no longer drawn into the things of God. You've got to cut that thing off. You just haven't got enough in you yet to stand up to the pressure of that. Listen, if you, listen, you, you've got someone there and you think you're going to, young girls, you think you're going to win this young guy to the Lord? Oh, let me tell you, I'll give you one hint straight away. He ain't going to come to Jesus just because you go there being nice to him. You'll be thinking Jesus and he'll be thinking something else. He'll be nodding and lying through his teeth. I tell you now, the thing that will tell you for sure whether God has got his hand on this, this life is whether he'll come into the environment of God's people and enjoy the life that it contains may not understand all that goes on, but if you draw in and know the life and understand, love the life, then you know there's a chance that his heart will open up and God will save him. Otherwise, you've got some problems down the line. Young guys, will be the same thing. If you've got some fancy girl and she's looking at you and fluttering her eyes and you're suddenly, whoa, whoa, oh! oh! whoa, it's love, ah. No, it's not love. It's definitely not love. Okay? Again, bring her in here get her in one of the meetings the other girls will eye her up and they'll all get it. no that's not love no no and they'll know see one of the safeties we have is we bring people into the environment of God's people if they won't come there you know you're wasting your time gonna bring them in there bring them in there among God's people let them get in there we got life you know we got the goods we got the answer they just don't know it but if, they, if they keep fighting you on this one then you gotta part ways they say oh goodbye you have to do it. You have to do it. Come on, sorry to disappoint some of you, but it's what you've got to do. If you've got some secret thing going on, then stop being secretive about it. Get out in the open. If it's out in the open, at least you've got God who's got a chance of getting in to do something. If it's covered already, the devil's at it. Come on, you're in trouble already if it's covered. Okay, so prepare yourself. Keep your life clean. And, and stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4 verse 30 says don't grieve the Holy Spirit See if we're going to fulfill our mission I've got to know what the word of God says And embrace it and get it around my life And meditate in it And start to learn So I know what God says I need to keep my life clear I just need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost Because the Holy Ghost wants to talk to you How will you know who you're sent to If you don't listen to the one who's wanting to send you The Holy Ghost is an apostolic spirit He sends you to people And he brings people to you But you need to know you see, there's some people he's going to bring into your life. He didn't. Uh, some people he brings into your life because they've got a need you can meet. There's others the devil will send in your life. Don't confuse the two. I can tell you now. I t- you better believe it. We had a, we had a season there. Where we got a whole lot of these single women saved. Now, they hadn't had a relationship with men in years. And within three months, a whole lot of them were out of the church and got some fancy guy. Of course... A year later, there's no guy, and they're not in God. Don't, see, the devil can send people to your life. See, so you're not meant to fix everyone's problems. You're not the answer to everyone's problems. There's some people, they've got problems, and they need to get a, a little more pain till they get smartened up and they get ready to change. And at some people, you're not called to solve their problems. You've got to know who God sent you to. You're not sent to everyone. You're not send everyone. So now, how are you going to know? You've got to listen to the Holy Ghost. He'll give you a witness or a warning. he say, "Yeah, go just talk with them. Ring them up. Go and reach out to that person there." he say, "Uh-uh." Nah, oh, ah, oh, 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 stay away. So you stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You'll feel him give you an irritation. And if you don't, then the people around you who are in relationship with you will feel the irritation. So just, if you're a bit thick, sometimes we get thick. Okay? We get very thick, especially when it comes to romantic matters. A romantic matters, people get thick, they get stupid. What happens to their brain? It just stops functioning, I'm sure. You know. But something goes wrong, something else takes over, and so you need people around you to say, No that's not the right one. That'd be silly. See? See so embrace embrace who you are, embrace your uniqueness. See? Get yourself ready. So this year you need to be involved. we you've got discipleship class, get in there and learn the Word of God. Get alongside someone and ask, teach me the Word of God. I want to know what God's had to say. Hey, there's people around who can teach you the Word of God. Get into a class, get into something, but you prepare yourself. No one's going to whip you and make you do that. You've got to learn to do that. So you've got to value that. God's word. You know, the word of the Lord is perfect. You know, it'll direct your path a good way. Oh, yeah, by the word I've kept me from the paths of the wicked one. Say, oh, the word. thy word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oh, yes, the word of God. You need that. You need the word of God. Okay, here's the last thing. Yeah? We need to respond the Holy Ghost direction. We need to respond now. See? So I've got to prepare myself. I've got to prepare myself. I've got to keep my life right on the inside. And now I've got to respond to the Holy Ghost direction. Now, there's some things you got to do. You've got to stir yourself up. You've got to stir yourself up with expectancy for God to work through you. See? Now, you want God to work through you? You expect it. Every day. Today. So how do you expect it? Today, I thank you, Lord. Today's a great new day. I thank you today. You are bringing people into my life that need what I have. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You give me a witness to their need. And often it comes at a time that's inconvenient and you'll suddenly feel a compassion for them. You'll feel drawn to them. You'll feel touched by God. You'll be aware and you'll see what the answer is straight away. You sort of see it straight away. Others can't see it. You see it because God wanted you to be the answer. That's why I think it's such a strange thing when people say, well, this isn't being done around here and this isn't being done around here. Of course it isn't. You're the one who's supposed to do it. Why don't you put your hand up and go do it? You saw it, do it. You know, that's, that's how God works. He, make, he brings things to your attention. And, of course, the more available you are, the more people there are he can bring to your attention. See? So, but you've got to be sensitive to his prompting. So you're responsible to stir up the gifts of God within you and then to take steps out. You've got to step out. Of course, not everyone will be happy about it. You've got to step out. Proverbs 3.22, don't withhold good when it's in your power to do it. So if you've got an opportunity to do good to help someone, do it. Do it. Stretch out and do it. If there's an opportunity, stretch out. See what could happen. You might be surprised what could happen. God could work powerfully in your life. So very, very simple things. Things that God wants you to know. You're created for a purpose. You're loved and valued by God. There's someone who needs you. And your response, I need to accept my value to God and that I have something, there's someone there needs what I have. I don't have to be able to prophesy and preach great messages. I just got to take what I've got and I look at what Dot and Lynn have done building the whole of the service team, here. Whoa, wow, do we need what they had? And other people have tried, didn't get to do the same results. You know, and I see some of these people with the tech gear and I don't know how they do what they do. I need them. Yeah, you know, I need them. Now we need them. See? And if they don't do it and all kinds of stuff comes up there and you can't understand it, then you know you need them then. See? There's lots of people around. We need. I need the people. Need people like Ali and Steve that do the kids ministry. I need them. I really need them. Why? Because I got lots of kids coming in. I want. I want them to have Holy Ghost and oil ministry. I really need them. And those kids need what they have. But you know, it was a while ago. They didn't see. I remember when Ali came from Australia. She first arrived here. <laughs> when we arrived. I didn't know how much I needed her then. But I saw her value and potential. Now I really need her. Come on, that's how it works. You see, you don't know either. you just got no idea what lies within people. But God calls you to meet the need they have. Will you do it? Don't wait for someone to do something about it. You're the answer. You're the answer to someone's need. Someone needs you. They need you. Because you have a testimony. You have the presence of God. This is what the Bible says. I'll finish with this. We comfort others with the comfort we've received from God. In other words, whatever God gave you, it's, subs, it's something real to give to someone else. When you get a testimony, it's not just for you; it's for someone else. There's someone needs you and what you have. Someone, there's someone, and it's your job to prepare yourself and be available that God can bring you to that person and use you to touch their life. Will you do it in this year? Will you do it in this year? Will you do it in this year? Will you do it? Will you? There's someone needs you. Well, of course, they don't recognise they need you because you don't come up and say, "Well, you need me." Yeah, 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 like I need pimples, you know. That's how People don't, you know, you've got to build connection and relationship and speak words to the heart. You've got to pray, you know, and believe God for openings into their life. But God has got people that need you. And as a church, we need you to embrace the call of God, prepare yourself, and be available to touch lives. Father, we just thank you tonight for your presence here tonight. We thank you, Lord, tonight. You're speaking to us about people desperately who need us. People in the community, people in schools, people in homes, people in businesses, people in the community, people of different ethnic backgrounds. There are people on the orchards. There are people in shops. There are people all over our community who need what we have as a church. They just don't know it yet. But we ask you'll help us to make it now. Lord, there's people here tonight and they have what someone needs. And I'm asking tonight that your anointing would come on there. Listen tonight, if you felt God really speaking to you, you need to make a response to him. And I want to make just two older calls. Now, here's the first one. The first one, is there any person here who doesn't know Jesus Christ? Not yet a Christian. A Christians a person who follows Jesus, has a relationship with him, listens to him, gets to know him, walks with him, puts their trust in him. It's a person who's given their life to Jesus Christ, and the most important way, trusted him to change them on the inside. This is what the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen away and become less than God intended. And the result or consequences of that sinner's death. There's all kinds of havoc in our life and emptiness. But the gift of God is eternal life. Is there any person here tonight that's willing to receive Jesus Christ, become a Christian, receive the life Jesus has? I want you to raise your hand up so I can see just right now while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Is there any person here tonight who wants to receive Jesus? God bless you, the hand over there. Is anyone else? Anyone else tonight want to receive Jesus? Anyone else tonight receiving Jesus? Anyone else? You know you're a Christian or you may have given your life to the Lord and fallen away. And tonight you know you need to come back to Him. Some of you that are sitting here tonight, listen to me. You've experienced touches of God and you've walked completely away from that relationship with Him you once had. You're one step from ending up in trouble in the world. Tonight you need to respond to the Lord. He's calling to you to respond to him. The world does not have what you need. It does not have it. It's seducing you. Friend, only Jesus Christ can give what you need. Come to him tonight. I wonder tonight if there are people here and as I just was preaching tonight, you felt, well, Lord, I know you're speaking to me and I want to make myself available. I commit myself to prepare my life to get into the Word of God, to start to keep my life clean and open to the Holy Ghost. I want to be available. I want to do the preparation work that God can use me this year. If that's you, why don't you step up out of your seat and come up the front here and lift your hands up to the Lord and begin to pray to Him and talk to Him and make yourself available. God, this year I want you to work through me. This year I want you to use me this year. I want to draw near to you. I want to know your word. I want to know your ways and principles. And I want to understand your words. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want to do that. I want to do that, Lord. That's what I want to do this year. I'm really feeling that. I want to be available to you this year. I want to be sensitive. I've been, Lord, a bit irresponsible. I've just taken it all for granted, but I don't do that anymore. This year is a new year for me. I want to make a change. I want to make a change. I want to be a man on fire for God. Well, if that's you tonight, if someone needs you, There's someone out there really does, they're relying on you to pay the price to prepare yourself, to take the initiative to reach out to them. They're relying on you. There's some people in your school who will go to hell this year. Absolutely and certainly. You know that because last year there were some, did Last year there were people in your school died in motor accidents. I guess with most of them they just went straight on to an eternity full of torment. They didn't know they needed you. You had what they needed. Some of you would know young people who committed suicide. They didn't realize you had what they needed. God wanted to send you to some of them. See? This year there'll be people commit suicide, there'll be people die, there'll be people have accidents. and. Their life will be stolen from them before it's time. And so God has put you in the school for such a time as this. They need you. They need what you have. Don't worry whether they laugh and make fun. They need what you have. If they reject you, that's their responsibility. But you can at least say, I gave it my best shot. Was there anyone else here tonight? You know God speaking to you that way. Would you to come forward saying, Lord, I hear you speaking to me tonight? I want to prepare my life i want to study in the word this year i want to get more close to you i want to start to stretch out and start to stir myself to reach out to people around me anyone else tonight father i just thank you for people responding tonight what i need is some of my leaders to come i'm going to lay hands on them but any of my leaders here can move prophetically at all i need you to come and just stir the good to prophecy, Elaine. Come on up, need you. And we're going to just lay hands on them in just a moment. Father, I just thank you for people tonight that are responding to the call of God. I thank you, you designed them to do something unique and unusual. I thank you, Lord, that you love them and value them. And I thank you, there's someone there that have got the answer to that need. the Lord, tonight, as they make themselves available to you. I'm asking you to work deeper in their life. Whatever's in there that's blocking them or hindering them. I'm asking, Lord, you'll unlock it this year. They'll they'll break free. They'll break out. And I'm asking, Lord, tonight you'd release an empowering for that work they're called to do. Tonight, release your anointing. Release prophetic words over people. Tonight, impart to people. Tonight, let tonight be a time of impartation to people. Okay, let me you continue to worship the Lord. If others here tonight have a need for prayer, just uh, perhaps you can come and just uh, and stand around that area there and uh, we'll get to you. But I want to, able to lay hands now on people here and begin to pray for them. Father, we just thank you for each one's responder tonight as we lay hands on them. Release your anointing, your power and your presence. Release your word into their life. May this year be a release and enlargement in Jesus' mighty name.